0: The following audio was recorded during a meeting of the Department of Offense. It is not suitable for children, the easily offended, or anyone with actual taste. You have been warned. Jane Goodall motorboating at gorilla's floppy
1: notebook.
0: <laughs> segles, segles
1: everywhere. Ew, whoa.
0: I would make a lot of rectangles. I could never do squares, right? We all had to put pants on this week because you're here. And now it's time for the Department of Offense. Hey guys, welcome to episode thirty-seven.
2: Yay! that's yeah. my lucky number.
0: Yeah, sorry for not being on the air last week. We had problems and things. There's a people were on fire.
2: Everybody. Oh, it was, just, it, was it was terrible. It was fire,
0: brimstone, just I don't know. And we're not on in. Two weeks we're having another off week I know it's crazy I think what we're going to start doing is scheduling one off week a month and I think that will kind of help alleviate some of this stuff just do three episodes. I know I know, you guys are going to hate me, but it might be a thing we do. It might not. I haven't really
2: decided. You could always just host two shows in one day and post one later.
0: Oh, that seems ridiculous. Oh,
2: well, I know you were saying that you wanted more hate mail, so here we go.
0: Oh, that's true. I do love hate mail. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Favorite thing. So, yeah, joining me in the studio on... Is Carlos as always? Carlos is like a fixture. He's just always here. I just never left. I just I'm sitting in this chair the whole time. Yeah, waiting. and after after more than a month, we have Miles back. Yay! I mean, we had Miles a little bit at the uh, homebrew competition, mm-hmm. but we haven't had an actual beer episode with Miles for a while. It's been way too long. Way way too long. What have you been up to lately, Miles? Anything exciting? <sighs> Honestly, not really. Just
2: working, putting, just in selling beer, selling beer. Got uh, Sami Klaus in. That makes me excited. Nice. Have you had that one? I have not, you no. You Yeah? Yes. All right. How much did you, did you guys get in a bunch? Or uh, They come in four packs and in singles. Okay. It's like 6 dollars 5 a single. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Neat. Very cool. Um, have you been brewing anything lately?
2: Uh, we have a Mosaic Pale Ale going on right now. Single hop.
0: Is it in drinkable format? Or is it still fermenting?
2: Uh, cold crashing at the moment. Cold crashing. Have you tried it? Uh, a couple of times. It's been changing because and- I was trying it throughout different parts of the fermentation process. So if I was going to try and try it now, that's when I would expect it to resemble the. Final Did you guys product. dry hop with mosaic as well? Or? five ounces? Five ounces nice. Yep. Very nice. Eight ounces total.
0: Where where like I am what was your hop bill
2: on this one looking like like uh fairly simple it was um uh, mostly Canadian two row okay that stuff seems to have a characteristic my buddy really really likes yeah
0: and th- did did you do like a lot of bittering
2: or bittering uh, hops no or did it you just... was uh, an ounce at twenty half at ten half at five
0: wow so nothing at sixty huh
2: no nothing nope. wow um with an ounce of An ounce at 20, I think we were hitting close to uh, somewhere between 20 and 30 IBUs. That seems really low for a pale ale. I might be mistaken on that, but um, I do believe that by the end of it, we were seeing that we just didn't need any extra bittering because of an ounce at 20, and we were going for just the, the flavor profile mostly. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, we. I've been doing a lot of beer stuff the past couple of weeks. I don't not brewing per se, but a new brewery opened up in Hudson last weekend, and so we went up there. Uh, Those are for expensive Fork. pretzels. <laughs> were they delicious though? They're were all right. Okay. I don't know. I my bill wasn't that bad. I drank quite a bit and <laughs> let, went left for like thirty bucks. Those ten dollars pretzels did not help my bill. Yeah. I don't. The beer was. Okay, and nothing like stuck out at me like, oh my god, this is the greatest yeah. beer. Um they did have they they are going to constantly have a uh, a firkin or firkin on on hand uh every week. So that that was pretty cool. They had a pale ale this past or was it was it a pale ale or an IPA that they had opening. didn't they like have one of both or No, no. Well, I I'm talking about the one in the firkin. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. I I think it was I you know, I think it's an IPA, and like they're doing the fresh dry hop on it, so you get that nice, fresh flavor. It's so good. But I mean you could have a terrible beer and do something like that and you get the awesome fresh flavor. It's (laughs) still gonna elevate it just a little
2: bit. Need a Randall. (laughs) Right? Randall's are awesome. I made one. Oh yeah? Improvement needed.
0: Yeah, um, and then I did the tour at American Sky. Because, how was that? Um, it was okay. I mean, it was it was done by a volunteer, so not like a brewer I'm or sure. a worker or anything. So what? That, why would somebody volunteer to do that if they don't get paid? I don't know. I that's how breweries uh, get away with yeah. most of their labor.
2: Yeah, most of it is volunteer work. There is usually a waiting list for people to give away free time at a brewery. Yeah, just for but, the experience. Yeah, but why? I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me either,
0: Carlos. But no, so it was fine. He wasn't able to answer most of the questions that I had, though, like about the process. Because I mean, he never brewed there,
2: so did uh, he know about brewing at all. Yes, okay.
0: yes. He's apparently been he was apparently been volunteering at breweries, doing tours at like Surly and stuff like that.
2: So got yeah. So he's just a tour guide,
0: pretty much. Pretty much. I don't American Sky. Some of their beers are good. And some of them are just... I'm like, why am I drinking? Like, I, I don't want to say anything bad about American Sky because overall their beers are fantastic. Just sometimes I taste one and I'm like, okay. All right. Eat. Well, we're we're like eating lunch as we're doing yeah. this. So. I've only had like one American Sky beer. It was all right. Yeah. They had a half of Eisen a few months ago that was amazing. I loved it. It was so good.
2: I think um, one of the things people have to consider and a lot of this comes from the fact that i've been working in the um at the liquor store and i see a lot of the side of it is marketability uh you can't just start up a small brewery and expect to make these you know $10 $12 six packs yeah. and have a return on it uh fast enough that you can keep yourself going you have to make yeah. something that people can just right. drink
0: well and the 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 beers that they're selling in the store are I mean, they're definitely serviceable, drinkable beers. Their IPA, I think, is pretty good. I enjoy that one. I think that's that's the best of the three that they're selling in bottles yes. right now. Yeah, by far. So, uh, that's good stuff. Though, Greg is a great guy, the brewer there. He's he's really, really cool. Very cool. We're, I, I want to get him on the radio show one of these days, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, uh, besides that, I don't know. Have you guys been up to anything else? Uh, I've surfed the web a little bit. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That sounds exciting, Carlos. A, uh, I'm trying to read Seth's book right now. Oh, that's right. Uh, our our author friend uh, Seth Mouse, uh, his second book came out. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the program. We're we, going to have this some... program. Yeah, you mean yeah? Well, the, we have we have a we have a thing coming up. I don't want to ruin the surprise yet. You guys got to hang around to the end but, for that. That I thought we were going to talk about that, that on a different program. Don't worry about it, Carlos. I know what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. Could I make a guess right now and ruin the surprise for everybody? No. no. Damn it. <laughs> I don't remember if I've talked to you about this I have no clue what's now. going on. No. I'm saying no. <laughs> All right. So we have, I guess we should do our beer tasting, huh? Since we just talked for 10 minutes about beer. Might as well, right? We might as well do that. Uh, we're tasting Southern Tears Live. It's their bottle-conditioned Ooh. pale ale. I like this one. Yeah, what like? Why do you like it, Carlos? Uh, it comes in at five and a half percent. It's American pale. Ale. It's available year round. I don't. I really honestly don't know much about this beer, Miles. Do you know
2: anything about it? I don't. Um, uh, this just kind of appeared on the truck one day. Uh, I saw that it was bottle conditioned pale. I'm always excited, really, really excited to try a new pale because I yeah. love them. But and finding good
0: pale ales is surprisingly hard. It is. And
2: especially, especially in America because people like to go overboard with the citrus, yeah. which, don't get me wrong, is tasty and has its place. But the traditional pale, which is what I, I search for, is very hard to come by. Yeah. And that's when you're looking for just this nice, crisp, sharp bitterness that cleanses the palate and then just leaves you refreshed.
0: Yeah. Um, no, this one's not bad. I mean, I'm not getting, like, punched in the face. There's a nice, like, grapefruit flavor to it. Uh, and then some bitterness. Just really good. And that malt, the malt's coming through, which is important, I think, in American Pale. Because most of them are just, Very it's just young. hops. Dead air, as we're all drinking. Uh, let's see, The I love the label. The label's fantastic. It has, like, a bunch of, like, ticket stubs on it. Marketing is important, and yeah. part of the reason I picked this up is I'm like, oh, that's a cool label. That's right. I fall for marketing. I know, yeah, it's, you always
2: have to look, it's <laughs> gotta look at the cover. It's atypical yeah. to Southern Tier's other six-packs. Yeah. They're all more or less solid color, color with white writing.
0: Yeah, and this one, it, it really popped off the off the yeah. shelf, so I applaud them for it's that. It's very
2: important to judge a book by its cover.
0: Very well, important. Well, when you're looking at beers— like, they all like they all, just kind of blend together. Yeah. So you have to do something unique with your six-pack boxes and your labels to make
2: it pop off the shelf and catch your eye. Well, some of the things that I've found um, just through a little bit of trial and error and, and thinking about it is if you find all of these award-winning beers, uh, look at their labels. They have put a lot of time and effort into making the beer look good as opposed to, As opposed to just being good, and for a lot of the breweries that you may or may not have a lot of respect for, uh, ones that aren't necessarily recognized as great beers in the beer community, look at them. They don't necessarily have very appealing advertising. Yeah.
0: Of course, that might also be because they haven't been around long enough and haven't gone the.
2: the, the Yeah, but well, here's
0: the thing. I I think. When you're when you're looking at a product like beer, labels are king. Like marketing is so important.
2: It, it really is.
0: Spend the money in getting an awesome logo that you can slap on t-shirts, hats, everything, and then put lay put uh, some effort into the individual labels for your beer. Yeah,
2: make them unique. It, it makes it really does make all the difference because as much as I like to think that I don't judge a book by its cover. If a beer just doesn't pop out and grab my attention as I'm scanning the, you know, two or three hundred beers in front of me, that means I'm not going to give it the attention it it might deserve.
0: Exactly. I mean, and
2: I really do. I really will judge by well, by a especially
0: cover. if you're looking for something new that you haven't yeah. tried before. Yep. Uh, if 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 you see an awesome
2: label like this one,
0: you're going to be like, all right, well, they put some effort into their label. They probably care about their beer a little bit.
2: Yeah. Uh, another mild example would be is if you look at some of the extremely top shelf flickers in the world, like uh, Blue Label from Jenny Walker or Crown Royal XR. I mean, they have entire sections in the little pamphlets that you get just talking about how they display the darn thing. Yeah. Uh, it's unreal. Well,
0: it's – well, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, booze is booze and it's all just – it's all marketing. Yeah. It's it all is. hype.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah, so I guess yeah, uh, I would definitely buy this yeah. live again.
2: I would too. This definitely, is surprisingly it's... good. The grapefruit is really cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's very prominent. It's 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 like a break. I, I would drink this with breakfast, like instead of some grapefruit juice. Be this fantastic. Yeah. This is way better than grapefruit juice, juice though, because I just can't stand that stuff. <laughs> Is it news time? I think it might be news time. I, there weren't really any crazy arrests the past couple of weeks. Just not not much. I think you know, they blew their load over River Falls days, and it was just kind of over. But you had so. two whole weeks to look over, Casey. Yeah, but there
2: wasn't anything great that happened. Well, the next one should be at least mildly interesting. I went over to uh, my friend's house, and on Main Street between Dairy Queen and Quick Trip, the south Quick Trip, I saw 3 people pulled over at the same time. Oh wow. Yeah, 3 of them. I'm pretty sure I went 25 in the 35. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. All right. Well, I guess we're going to start the news off right with uh some Floridians. Uh No banjos? No, no crazy arrests, so uh, no no banjos this week. You can still play some sort of music. Nope. We need to have some sort of music set aside for in case there's nothing local. What? The banjos. Carlos, sing us a song. Uh,
2: somebody who's not going to make a want to kill him. What? You were talking about more hate mail. <laughs> well,
0: In other news. I don't want to be stabbed. Two Floridians ages 18 and 19 broke into a local high school to do the no pants dance and vandalized some vending machines to satisfy their munchies. They were caught on their way out of the school and when asked why they broke into a high school, the girl said that they needed a place where her boyfriend wouldn't catch them. First of all, who breaks into school? Especially to have sex. Like, I don't... Like, hmm, where's the one place nobody will look for me? I know, school! Under the bleachers, right? Please tell me it was under the bleachers. (laughs) It doesn't say if it was under the... I just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, A 12-year-old Pennsylvania boy used a BB gun to knock off a 10-year-old's lemonade stand. The twelve-year-old approached the stand and demanded the cash box. There was a brief wrestling match before the twelve-year-old made off with the, with thirty dollars. Uh, three other children chased the boy, and he was apprehended by police shortly after the incident.
2: I just That's hilarious. funny. There right? <laughs> Unbelievably funny. I, I, that kid's I'm just, go-getter, right there. I, I'm just
0: picturing like he has like the bandana over his face and he's wearing like a cowboy hat. And he just, took a marker to draw, like grizzled, mar- so it looks like he has a beard or something. <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> Five o'clock shadow on yeah. a 12 year old.
0: And he, like, he, then he just pulls out his little BB gun, like his little Red Rider BB gun. He's like, This is a stick up!
2: Hands in the air. He <laughs> <In his> prepubescently <laughs> high
0: voice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Pete. Yeah. Oh hey, is this thing on? Yeah, it's on.
1: You're good to go. Ooh. Happy to drop in on you guys like this. Yeah, well, glad to have you here.
2: You brought good. presents.
1: Yeah. What'd I did? you bring? Uh it's just more coconut milk stuff. Ooh. So if you guys
0: want We'll one. have to try some of that in a bit here. Ooh. That's exciting.
2: I had my own. Did you ever get to try it?
0: Your coconut milk? Stout? Yeah. I have not, no. Ooh. You did a coconut?
2: I did a coconut milk stout, yeah. How yeah. did it turn out? Um <laughs> There's <sighs> It turned out very well, but there's a big old butt that goes along with that. <laughs> Undercard? What's the butt? Yeah, what's that? Well, we dealt with stuck fermentation, and so it was only like 4.5% with a final gravity of close to 1030. Ooh. So that's not
0: bad, though. That's, that's really
2: sweet. It was sweet, and with the coconut, uh, it mixed really well, and for being something as dense and rich as it was it was still surprisingly drinkable so it was like a soda at that point not even close (laughs) (laughs) so it's not that sugary the beer kind of sugary not the i'm just gonna pour an ass load of sugar into this stuff (laughs) sugary yeah so pete what have you been up to lately
1: uh working just working yeah working Working. a lot Uh, did my three week national guard
0: oh that sounds like fun
1: yeah camping trip
0: (laughs) roasting some marshmallows
1: got MRSA on my leg oh that that's awesome yeah
0: it sucked really the resistant kind yes (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) it was like 100 degrees too man glad to be back
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right uh the first pay-as-you-go jail in Fremont California is opening soon Uh, It will cost inmates $150 or $55 a night uh, and includes amenities such as game tables and cable TV. Uh, The thing that the inmates are really paying for is a stay in a small, quiet facility. Uh, The jail will only be open to misdemeanor offenders who get a judge's approval. What is the point of it? Well, the inmates, instead of going to the jail with all the people can pay $155 a night and go stay at the rich person jail. So instead of everybody's taxes paying for your stay, you're just going (laughs) to pay for your stay yourself.
1: Yes. Right. So all the corporate thieves that get busted. Yep. I I can afford the good one. Only if it's a misdemeanor, though. Oh, okay.
0: So it's for like rich people who get busted trying to sell pot, I guess. Or if Uh, they pay their lawyer enough or they get expensive enough lawyer to knock it down to a misdemeanor. I guess. I yeah, I don't I don't really know
2: what the point is, but I'm not entirely against that idea. No, I I'm not not either. either. Yeah. I mean, because I I know a guy who's been uh, in and out over the years and one of the things he says is that when it comes to fines they will do everything that they can to find these repeat offenders and give them more fines to try and get the city more money yeah and uh, like they they i mean i've heard some dirty stories about how they how they do that um and just as a quick example
1: th-
2: um when you have like work release or some stuff like that uh you know you get to leave and then you have to come back every time um but you're only allowed to have so much money, for example, on your person when you go back. And so if they slap a fine on you larger than that amount, then you go there. You can't pay it. You go in, and then you can't get back out to get the money that you need to pay the fine that you couldn't pay as soon as you got in there. And so the, the problem ends up being is you go in there, you can't pay, then you get tossed back out with literally nothing so that you end up having to turn back to whatever got you put in there in the first place, and it's just a vicious downhill cycle. Yeah. So if they're going to do something like this where people voluntarily just throw over gobs of money to the city, maybe them might be less willing to take advantage of people who are trying to make a decent living.
0: Or they will just keep arresting people, rich people, to put them in this awesome...
2: Yeah. Well, hell, why, Holiday Inn. Why the not? Holiday Most Inn. of them are doing <laughs> this stuff anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: If it costs them money, what's the problem? That's well, the true. question
0: is, though, is it the the area that's paying for it or is it maybe like a corporate per- got like permission to do this? So like they just have to send the city a small cut while they take. A- no, the the building is owned by the county. It is? Yep. right? Yeah, because they, they were building it as another jail and then they ran out of money. <laughs> And so they're like, well, we're going to finish this, and then this is what we're going to do to try to pay for it. That'd be hilarious if nobody went there then. <laughs> right. Uh, in Jacksonville, North Carolina, a woman was out walking her dog uh, without a leash, uh, and this is around dusk, when a 500 pound alligator snatched up the dog and ate it. <laughs> uh, police then decided that the alligator was uh, too big to relocate and went hunting. Uh, police fired at it three times and then pulled it from the water, dead. You know that, so, did they get the dog, that actually kind the of the dog is dead. Me. Oh,
2: what that, kind of dog was it? I don't know. Great Dane.
0: <laughs> That's a five hundred pound alligator. <laughs> It'd be a big ass dog. Well, if it was it like would... a little
2: poodle, I mean, that'd be. So I, I guess my first question is: At what point do you decide that you're not going to try and catch it? You're just going to kill it? Like how how big is that big?
0: Well, I I think you take a risk assessment. Like, hmm, <laughs> what is my life worth at this moment? I think we should just kill it, guys. How okay. many Jeff Corwins do you have in town?
1: None <laughs> well shit. Yeah, there's a lot of paperwork involved, you know?
0: Yeah, no. It seems like a lot of work to relocate an alligator. Plus, where do you put it?
1: Lake Placid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, in Colorado Springs, Colorado, a bear stole a dumpster from a German restaurant. A dumpster. A dumpster. The re- uh, the restaurant released security footage that shows a bear sniffing around the dumpster and then pushing it out of frame. <laughs>
2: that is awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I watched the video. Oh, it was it was fantastic. Like the bear is just like, all right, this is cool, and he just like starts pushing it.
2: Oh, it was awesome. I want that Game to be camera. in, like, uh, a movie at some point. <laughs> just <'Cause it's> a- <laughs> randomly, like, uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, then there's a bear taking the garbage away.
0: It's just Neil Patrick Harris in a bear suit?
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wasn't there a movie about a tire? <laughs> <laughs> that killed that was people? kind of like that. Oh, it actually killed people?
0: Yeah. Oh, what?
1: I think it's called Rubber. It was about a...
0: Tire that killed people. I didn't know the tire killed people. I knew that there was something. Yeah, it was a, a horror movie about a tire that killed people.
2: <laughs> Look on the bright side. At least it wasn't Sharknado. <laughs> hey, yeah, at I least
0: that was good. that's kind of fun. <laughs>
2: you get some pretty awesome memes out of that.
0: Memes. <laughs> memes. 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 I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> A 21-year-old Australian woman is out $1,500 after she bought two new iPhones from a stranger at McDonald's. When she got home, she opened the two Apple iPhone boxes, and they contained actual apples. <laughs> uh, so stupid. Swindled. How do you not open the box like in front of the stranger? Like, oh, here's $1,500. I'm just going to take these boxes, and uh, we're good.
2: It, uh... How much did
0: you spend on it? $1,500. $1,500 for two iPhones? For two Apples. Well, for two Apples.
2: Those are expensive (laughs) iPhones. (laughs) I saw uh, an image online that depicted someone selling a stick that was supposed to be like a Harry Potter wand uh, replica. And... It didn't have a picture, and there was like a hundred and fifty dollars and like fourteen votes going on it. But if you went down to the description, it said, "I I found this stick in my backyard, etc." <laughs> and I mean, it, it's entirely and completely fraudulent, except that he tells you that it is, and people are just willing to throw money. Oh yeah, yeah. It. yeah. You have, you have to know, look at thinking? the. Um, you got to read the description. <laughs> And other stuff
0: but uh, the new Levi Stadium uh, the home of the San Francisco 49ers they're a sports ball team for okay. anybody who didn't know I oh hockey, right knows. yes oh uh, have come out with a new app that will guide you to the shortest beer and bathroom lines in the stadium It supposedly updates it in real time so you like when you're time when it's time for a new beer you can check and see which concession stand has the shortest line or you know when you finish the beer which bathroom does it then has plot the a path line? for you uh, it might With like turn-by-turn navigation,
2: because I'd want that. Then, believe it or not, there's they're working on an application so that it'll uh, you get 3D directions with your Google glasses. Ooh, neat!
0: Uh, The app will also uh, let you play back replays uh, from from your device at at an angle of your choice. So, like you know, you're up in the nosebleeds, and a play happens, you can like see it from different angles instantly. You know, if with 3D directions that with the uh, Google awesome. Glass, that'd be pretty useful at a mall that has <laughs> multiple levels, so you're like, oh, the source above me, all right. But that's why they have those kiosks with the map on They're them. They're all of your way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes too many people are on it, too. I yeah. mean, you have to, like, elbow your way in. You have to make your yep. way through one. of my damn way, it. teenage girls. Dude. Stop Dude. gaggling yeah. around this. With There's that
2: p- playback option, I can just imagine just an entire stadium of people... At a football game, but not not watching. Not actually they're, they're, watching the game. Yeah, just staring down. Yep.
0: Oh yeah. No well go to any like restaurant and anything. Nobody's talking to each other anymore. They're all just staring at their fucking phones. Guilty. Yep. <laughs> I know you're guilty, Carlos. It's oh. irritating. <laughs> yeah, and you're not guilty? I try not to be. I try my damnedest. But when you're sitting there reading on your phone, what you're, am I supposed to do? Well, you're the one who starts it usually. It's like, all right, that looks like a good idea. Good thing I brought my phone. The only thing I do on my phone at restaurants is check in on untapped.
1: spent <laughs> a, a long bright, time on untapped. <laughs> I, I use my phone when Jen goes to the bathroom. So Otherwise, it's really awkward just sitting there like, yep, I'm alone. <laughs> Everybody else is talking.
0: Yeah, we've, we've lost the ability to wait without a phone. Yeah. Like, if, if oh, yeah. you're doing anything or, like, standing in a line or waiting, like, it's always, all right, let's do the phone. What did people do before that? Did they, like,
1: they talked to each other? They looked at their watch. Why? What? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's Pe-
2: scary. People could have, like, simple conversations back in the day. Man. I have a Not master anymore. of simple conversations after working two years at a liquor store.
0: <laughs> Unreal. <Yeah. laughs> Like, hey, how's the weather today?
2: <laughs> no, yeah, not even. Good, huh? about, I can get into deep conversations. <laughs> Did you hear about the bear? That's a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, actually, so I've done that something like that a couple of times. It's it's mildly amusing. Stolen a dumpster or dressed like a bear? No, Both. come up with completely random ass topics and just throw them at a person to see how they respond. Makes sense.
0: Uh, the U.S. Postmaster General, uh, Pat- Patrick Donahoe. That's a fun name. Dunno. Dunno. Uh, Wants to have the post office start delivering beer, wine, and spirits. All right. He says the postal system could bring in as much as $50 million a year just shipping alcohol. Yeah. Uh, He's proposing that they rescind the current laws on the books about not shipping booze and make special flat rate boxes that will will transport the bottle safely.
2: I actually really like that.
0: I do, too. It's fantastic cuz right now you're not allowed to ship beer uh legally yeah. USPS. Yeah. I mean people do it all the time anyway. Right. But but actually having them yeah. making making boxes that will have like little bottle holders and stuff in them. Technically would be awesome. it's
2: supposed to be like a federal crime if you get caught doing that. Yes. Like you're supposed to be able to face serious jail time for trying to send your buddy a couple yeah. bottles of beer.
1: Oh, I mean there's quite a few beer trades going on right now. I mean, yeah. like you could easily like make one happen, but if it were legal, man, there'd just be oh, yeah. so much more beer. Well, that everywhere.
0: and it opens up, uh, like there. I mean, there's a few uh, places where you can buy wine and beer, like from online retailers. Yeah, but they have to ship like UPS or FedEx
2: and go through all this. and uh, go through all this tape.
0: hassle and stuff. If they could just do it USPS with a flat rate box. I mean, you could get beer from the other, you know, from places that don't distribute here. Let's be honest; yep. the U.S. Uh, post office needs it. Well, they need to like just go out of business.
1: Yeah, <laughs> needs to be like independent.
0: Yeah, stuff. well, they they just hemorrhage money. That's all yep. they do. But I need my free shipping from Amazon, though. You you can still get free shipping from Amazon. Yeah, I don't, I'd have to get Prime though. I don't like the whole. Uh, like when i uh, order something for free like the free 5 day shipping that's all just uh, get prime <laughs> that costs money i don't want to spend on it it costs 80 bucks a year Carlos. yeah i know just just put aside 5 bucks a month no that's <laughs> not going to happen all right uh, a $6000 japanese high tech toilet is at risk from hackers Wait, uh what? Th- <laughs> it's got a computer <laughs> the well, the I toilet has automated flushing uh a automated bidet. Uh, it has it has the ability to like open the seat and close the seat automatically for you. Uh, it can play music and it has a deodorizer. Uh, and also, one of the toilet's features allows the user to send commands via Bluetooth to the toilet from their phone. Does it? Does the toilet also automatically send a tweet every time you drop one? <laughs> To your this right here, doctor. This dude is a little soft. I don't know what's going on. Um, unfortunately, the Bluetooth is not secure, and anyone with the app can access any toilet, like that their phone can reach. And so you could be out on the street and be like, "Oh, here's this toilet. Let's just shoot
1: this bidet up into the air for a while." I want everybody on this street <laughs> to play this song while they're pooping right now. <laughs> can you Something imagine like, Justin like, Bieber? <laughs>
0: You're pooping and then your your toilet just starts blasting music,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then water. <laughs>
0: yeah, so that that's a big thing that people are worried about. So Matt, when you're you know, watch out for those toilets in Japan, man.
1: Yeah, I wonder how they are over there. The toilet? <laughs> They're toilets.
2: <laughs> Ergonomical as fuck.
0: I wonder right, well, how he's doing. <laughs> is I think it's China that has a hole in the ground, or is that Japan as well? Just no, has...
2: Japan's pretty much on the technological edge of everything these days. Okay.
0: Well, I, I wasn't sure if they were still on, like, the hole-in-the-ground thing, where, like, no. we have to, like, squat. Like, where we have a throne, and they have a portal in the hole-in-the-ground, <laughs> hmm.
2: which I always well, thought was ridiculous. The orange side or the blue side?
0: Both. Okay. It, well, you see, it, they, they poop <laughs> in the orange, and it comes out of the blue that's above them. Nobody learns. <laughs>
2: See how that sounds like a horror movie.
0: Yes. (laughs) All right, well, I think we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will talk yeast. 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 That'll be fun. See you guys a bit. And we're back! Yay! Yes, All right. Hey. Yeah. So over the over the break, we poured some of Pete's coconut
1: milk stout. I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit about your stout, like
0: <clears throat> what you can at least? <laughs> well, <Tell> yeah. <laughs> I
1: was gonna say you probably know more than me. I mean, you were the master here. I just used your equipment, which I appreciate. Um, put the coconut in a cheese sock. Okay. In the boil, that's what the coconut flavor is from. Otherwise, it's pretty basic milk stout. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. But it wasn't an actual coconut though, it was coconut flakes, right? Right, it was shredded coconut, yep. Just from the grocery store? Yep, and as far as I know, it didn't have any like added sugar. I mean, coconuts got a lot of natural sugar, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah. So. And yeah, And
1: there was no added sugar. That's so. just expensive, dude. I know, it is. It's oh, good, though. I know, it's unreal. It smells super good, though, like putting it in. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know, I think it gave it a good flavor. Well,
2: it's I not think over we sat
1: and just sniffed the fucking cheese sock for like 20 minutes. Dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: That yeah, was pretty entertaining. That Before cheese. or after the coconut went in? <laughs> Before. <Both>. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> Afterward. Afterwards, like I, I had just put a like I had just made my my new brew kettle, and so I I had a uh, a hop screen in there, okay. and the sack kept blocking the hop sink the hop screen. Like and I was just like, what?
1: <laughs> just all the bad things happening yeah. all at once. I don't know it didn't seem to make sense. Like it looked like it should have worked yeah. the whole time. And then all of a sudden it just did. And the the like, next okay. the next brew I did
0: worked perfectly. Huh. I did two that day and they were both just
2: perfect. Yeah. Just bad luck, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Uh and you also did a coconut
2: Uh we we did. Uh my buddy Eric and I we brewed we together, we made a coconut milk stout. It was a fairly basic light stout recipe and we used about 2 pounds of coconut. I believe that was uh what you used. I think it was 2 pounds,
1: yeah. yeah 2 pounds. Two yeah.
2: Pounds. Except you put yours in the boil.
1: Yes, because we actually forgot to put it in the in the mash. We didn't put it in the mash.
2: Okay. So. And I didn't do either of those. I put it in the fermenter.
0: You dry See, we we were thinking about dry hopping
2: with another uh, pound per 5 gallons. And I don't know if it would have really been necessary. Uh, granted, the the flavor quality differs uh, from, I, I guess in this case, boil versus fermenter. But I don't know if you really would have gotten much more on yeah,
0: it. Yeah. Well, we well, and that's why we didn't. We taste it and we're like, you know what? The subtle hint of coconut is there. It's yep. it's not overpowering, which is kind of what we were looking for. Just something, just it's there if you're
1: looking for it. But it doesn't hit you in the face, right? That's what kind of what I was afraid of. Because a lot of people that I've talked to, I mean, like my parents and some other people, they're not huge beer drinkers. I mean, like I'm not saying a, I'm a huge snob or anything like that. But they, every time I mention coconut to them, they're just, you can tell that they're like uneasy about it. Yeah, but they turn their nose up a little bit, and they're like, "I don't know about like, that." Yeah, yeah. My dad mentioned it not like really having a place in a beer. I'm like, well, you'd be
2: surprised because I mean, that's kind of what I thought too. It well, sounds good on paper. What's funny is, is you, you should just kind of regale the history of beer and tell them that pretty much anything and everything you could grow in a garden was in beer before hops ever were. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'd like to try a beer like that. I still have yet to have.
2: Oh.
0: Maya, what, like what do you think of this stout? I guess we should go around the table. And...
2: Um, I'm actually pretty darn impressed. Uh, the The look of it is... I guess what I would have assumed.
0: Yeah, it has that nice, like, it, it's black, not, brown. Like. Yeah, it's
2: an extremely dark brown, very, very opaque. Uh, no head whatsoever, but then again, that's what coconut will do if you put it in there. Yeah, it just destroys a, ac- ac- across the board. Head it will retention. Kill it. Um, and the taste, the biggest, uh, it's got more roasty quality than ours did. And the coconut is more on the foretaste, and ours was more on the aftertaste. Okay. <laughs> So that was another big difference. You got this uh, uh, cream stout, and then the coconut kind of came up, and then you would taste that after a lot, and so it was pleasant in its own right. But this is this is really impressive.
0: I think if I up the oat, it'll help with that retent- the
2: head retention. I, I think you they'd so? have to up it by a lot. As yeah, far, as far as I've read, it's almost not worth trying to. You don't think for. so? No.
1: Well, that's because coconut has. It's the oil. It's oil. Yeah, yeah, like you can buy coconut oil, and it's like it tastes just like the coconut. Yeah.
0: Or I mean, I guess
1: we could try doing like a coconut extract.
2: I suppose if you were going to go for it, that's about the only alternative. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, that's like a whole different ball game, though, because you have to use it's smaller amounts. So with, yeah, with a bigger amount like five gallons, using a spreading a smaller amount, it's harder to tell where you're going to get that flavor at. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, and what you can do with an extract is, you what you can do is you can bottle it, and then you take one bottle as a test bottle. You add one drop, taste it. Add another drop, taste it, and then you kind of know what wh- how many to add to each bottle.
2: Right. Yep. Yeah. in milliliters, right? Yes.
0: <laughs> But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like it. It's It turned out way better than I expected it to.
2: Yeah. One of the other big differences is um, I assume your fermentation went just fine, right?
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean, it looked kind of questionable on the top. It looked like... That was just the Krausen. Yeah.
0: Don't, yeah. It, 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 was, it was Pete's first time brewing. And the first time you brew, you pop open that bucket or the Cowboy and you look and there's all this scum. Like on the sides, and yep. it, it turns a lot of people off. I'm like, but that's it's it's just the krausen from the yeast.
2: It is yep. a bit of a worrisome topic because it can look like so many different things and be just fine. Yeah, to the extent that um, one of the books that I rely most heavily on, John Palmer's How to Brew, he has a section in there called um, "Is My Beer Ruined." And one of the first things he says is that, in reference to the Krausen, chances are no. Yeah, I mean, it could look like cottage cheese floating on the top. And
0: yeah, yeah. I warm. mean, it it can look absolutely terrible and be just fine. Really, the only way to tell if it's bad is to taste it. And it tasted good. And it, yeah, no, it tasted <laughs> good, flat and warm. So, oh yeah, Carlos, what do you think? I enjoyed it. Uh, I think I had uh, maybe not some of Pete's not Pete's part of the. Uh, oh, oh the, the keg we that we to, uh yeah yeah the, yeah we we killed that keg mostly and then it leaked into the cooler yeah that was uh kind of sad yeah my my jockey box leaked and i was like there's no way we killed this and i look in there and there's like two three gallons of just beer and i'm just like oh shit because i like went to one of the kegs that we had we had two cakes with us and i pull the tap oh
1: we're out of that all right we'll uh I also tried the coconut milk one. What? we are all that, too? What? <laughs> yeah, I think I had one of the last ones when I got there. I was like, yeah. damn, you guys really drank today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, but <laughs> no, just going um,
2: I was going to mention that for hours. One of the problems we ran into is we had a stuck fermentation, and so normally when we would expect our original gravity to be down somewhere around 10.15, we were at uh, 10.30 instead.
0: Oh, that... Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm really glad where this one ended up. Um we were we were below ten ten. Oh right on. So I, I think we I think we were right on the edge. We were like ten ten, ten nine. Okay. Somewhere in there. I, I have the actual number somewhere. So it dried out enough, which I think is important, especially yeah. with a milk stout. And then you add coconut, which is just more sugar.
2: More sweetness. Yeah, yeah.
0: You you need to try to get your base beer as dry as possible.
2: Yeah, and ours just didn't do that and we made an executive decision where like are we really going to try and put that much more effort into a completely experimental beer? And we decided no, because it tasted really, really good. What
0: um, did you? What What did you guys do to try to fix it? Anything or?
2: Uh, nothing actually, because okay. it was at my place, and and um, I'd been taking the the readings periodically, and at some point they just kind of stopped when they yeah. shouldn't have stopped. And when I was telling him how it tasted. Which I guess is sometimes extremely hard to do over the phone.
0: It, it is. I mean, we, we try with this radio thing to like tell you what we're tasting, but if you don't actually taste the beer while we're tasting it, it's, it,
2: it's going to be lost. It loses There's something. A, yeah. And so he's just like, well, that doesn't sound good at all. I mean, why don't we just fucking dump it? And I'm like, no, I mean, it's good. It's just not what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And with the beer that ended at 1030 Final Gravity, what that meant... Was it was really thick and it was really rich, and
0: it probably was almost chewy at that point. It, wasn't it? it
2: was yes, but the other thing is that it meant it was only like four point six percent alcohol, so you could sit and you could just fucking pound that shit all day and you'd never even catch a buzz really. Uh, so it was appealing in that matter that you could drink it really cold because it was a you know a sweet stout that didn't rely on dark grains really. Yeah. Uh, and you could – it was easier to drink more of it than your typical stout. And it had these really nice, light, refreshing flavors. Uh, it was almost a summer beer. That
0: Sounds year. like a great dessert beer. Like it, yeah. that and some vanilla ice cream.
2: Actually, yes, now that you
0: mention <laughs> it. Yes. Uh Well, um, I guess going from stuck fermentation is a good, like – Intro into segway. yeast. Segway. Yeah, segue is the word I was looking for. Thank you. Segue into yeast. Um, well, I guess speaking of yeast, what what kind of pitching rate did you guys do with that? Did you do a starter at all, or did you just pitch dry? We yeast
2: usually or? try to go for a starter, right around okay. um, a one point five liter, two liter for our typical batches, which for the most part is unnecessary, but not uncalled for.
0: Yeah. I, I do about a liter for five gallons.
2: Yeah, uh, we've had a couple of beers where we've gone as high as a three liter starter. Oh wow! Yeah.
0: So oh, I suppose if you're doing any high gravity beers,
2: yeah, but... eleven, eleven, and ten o, oh, no, eleven o oh five. All right.
0: Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. What? So I guess I guess let's let's start with yeast. What is yeast, Miles?
2: Yeast is a bacteria.
0: <laughs> that sounds terrible. That's Why do gross. I want bacteria in my beer?
2: Well, to be fair, there's bacteria in almost anything and everything you have. So you can get over that idea real darn quick.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Some people can't.
2: <laughs> but uh, the, the particular bacteria that we use for beer is a very, very select uh, sort that does exactly what we want it to. And in this case, it takes sugar, turns it into carbon dioxide and alcohol. Very cool. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So yeast is what makes beer, beer. Otherwise, we just have sugar water, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so a- as a home brewer, we have, like, I-, I, go, I go to the home brew store, and I go to the cooler, and there's just all these different kinds of yeast i i see yeast in vials i see it in smack packs i see it in little packages what what's the big difference between dry and liquid yeast like is there a reason not to use dry over liquid liquid over
2: dry like um dry is by far the easiest to use it's easiest to store it's the cheapest uh etc um One of the things about dry yeast is that you end up losing a little bit of your versatility because only so many yeasts can be made in the dry form without... Dying. ...without, well, wrecking its ability to do what we want it to, at least. Um, But you know, for the most part, that they're going to be reliable. If you use a dry yeast, it's going to do something.
0: So dry yeast is always viable.
2: Yes, pretty much. Uh, it's this um, same sort of thing when you're making your bread, because bread yeast is virtually always dry as well. Okay. Um, um, that's That would be a different topic.
0: When, well, when, when using dry yeast, uh, like with bread yeast, you need to rehydrate that and get it ready to go. That right?
2: is correct. And this is one of the things, um, just as a side note, uh, when I started home brewing, I went directly into all grain and I only used liquid yeast. And now I work at a liquor store and I started immediately selling extract kits and dry yeast. And so surprisingly enough, there was a bit of a learning curve for me to do the easier stuff than the harder stuff. And one of the things I learned is dry yeast, you have to, have to, have to rehydrate it or you're just going to run into problem after problem after problem.
0: I mean, in, in theory, if if you pitch enough, you can just pitch it directly into the beer. If as as long as your beer is not like
2: you if it's you a lighter beer like it, a pale yeah. ale or a half of ice and you might be able to get away with it. If it has any amount of color whatsoever, chances are you're going to start having problems that are just going to upset you. Yes,
0: Re, I mean rehydrating doesn't take very long and no, it,
2: twenty minutes with a bowl of warm yeah, water.
0: Well, and you do it while you're doing your boil. Yeah. So what what I do is when when I do extract batches, if I'm using dry yeast. I start the boil and while while the liquid's getting up to a boil I, I start rehydrating my yeast. Yep. And then and then it's done, I don't have to worry about it or I or I wait until I'm ready to cool and then I do it, but
2: now uh, as opposed to what I tell uh, a lot of my customers, do you know the actual specific reason why you need to rehydrate to get it active and moving and I'm, I'm looking for the, the actual, like, on the chemical basis.
0: Oh, on, like, the scientific yes, side? Yes, yeah, the scientific I, I, I've side. I've read it, but I didn't retain it because um, it wasn't important.
2: It, it is important to to truly understand why, and, and I didn't know this for a long, long time, is that uh, if you look at a cell, it has a cell wall, and it has uh, permeability, mm-hmm. which means that stuff can go in and out, but it controls what can go in and out based on certain factors. And the factor that we care about is uh, the solubility of sugar and the concentration of sugar in the liquid, both inside and outside the cell. And it likes it to keep to stay the same. And for you know, as far as you and I are concerned, we think about it. It's like, well, if it wants sugar concentration to be the same on the inside and the outside, let it take more sugar, and then it'll be happy. Uh, The way it actually works is it tries to dilute the stuff with more concentration and so what it would would otherwise try and do is push water from inside the cell out which is completely counterproductive it's completely counterintuitive and for some people what that means is they can put in as much yeast as they want and literally nothing's going to happen and so what you do is you put it in this plain tap water where there is no sugar water goes in and out wakes it all up and then you can put it in the beer and then everything's going to be just fine. Makes sense to me yeah and, right. and I didn't know that for a long, long time. Before
0: we move on from dry yeast, do Pete or Carlos have any questions? No, I do not. I don't think
2: so. Did, all right. Did we actually speak clearly enough for you then? Oh, yeah. Did you? Okay. All right.
0: All right. Uh, then I guess liquid yeast. Um, when, when, you, when you're when you looking at liquid yeast, you have two basic types, right? You have vials and smack packs.
2: Yep. White yeast versus uh, white, labs. white labs. Yep.
0: Both fantastic yeasts. Yep. They, they both make uh, – there's just different things you have to do with them. Uh, smack packs, you don't – if you use a couple of smack packs, you don't really need a starter.
2: No. Because um, they kind of have their own little mini starter inside. Yes. It.
0: Yeah. Um, and when we say starter, I guess if you want to cover starter Why, why don't quick. you take this? Okay. One,
2: I've been rambling for the last 10 All minutes. Right.
0: So a starter is basically a mini beer. So what you do is you just make a small light beer – uh and then put it in a like a flask or a jar or something and then you put your yeast your liquid yeast vial in there and that gets the yeast active it's replicating it's building up it does two things for you first it makes sure or it tells you that the yeast that you purchased is still alive and viable cuz that that's a problem with uh liquid yeast is if you go to a place that doesn't really take care of it all that yeast could be dead yep and if you pitch dead yeast into a beer, it's not gonna do anything. Uh, and then the other thing that it does is it replicates and it builds up. so you can you can take that, you know, those hundred million yeast cells and quadruple them over like 24 to 48 hours before you make your beer and then when you dump it in there that yeast is just gonna go fucking crazy you're gonna get some of the best fermentation you've ever had because that yeast is active ready to go it's already like learned how to uh like eat those sugars and taught its children how to eat those sugars.
1: Like the specific ones that you're giving to it? Yeah.
0: Okay. And so it's just going to be a lot more efficient. You're going to get better attenuation, and everything's just going to be happier with a starter.
2: Yep. One of the analogies that I've started using recently is that you have to have so many yeast to do the job that you're trying to give them. If you don't have enough, you can run into problems. And it would be like a construction crew who try and, you know, they're going to build a house if you put in three guys in there they're not going to be able to do much i mean well not only that
0: they're going to get stressed mm-hmm. and start fucking up the job and that's where you can get some off flavors and, if you have
2: stressed yeast and to a more extreme extent they can just quit the job
0: yeah they'll just be like all right i'm done go on strike
2: yeah and that can happen with yeast too they can yeah. just they can get stressed out enough where they will just stop doing what they're doing even though everything around them is there
0: every every new brewer i talk to um, i tell them it's better to try to overpitch than even take the risk of underpitching
2: to a reasonable extent
0: but yeah. yeah i mean it's it's nearly impossible to overpitch a yeast i mean you have to be really
2: trying yeah yep and so, so what, what happens, happens if you do overpitch uh extreme off flavors and some yeah off flavors extran- tannin extraction yeah. yeah
0: but i mean it's it's such a rare thing like you have to have so you basically have to have just as much yeast as beer at that point.
2: Not I mean not quite that bad, but yeah. Um, and over pitching can be almost as detrimental.
0: Yeah, but it's it's just harder to do. It's way easier to underpitch. It is, yes, I agree with that. So I mean when when in doubt, pitch more yeast.
2: Yeah. And so what I what I tell people is, you know, it's like they deal with duck fermentation. And it's like, even if all of your yeast is dead, uh, that really doesn't mean much because throughout the fermentation process, you're going to have a bunch of dead yeast in there, anyways. Mm-hmm. So all you do is you pitch more yeast and then, like, nothing new is happening. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, I forgot where I was going. Go ahead.
0: All right. Well, all right. Well, I guess, yes, yeah, stuck fermentations, if you're using, like, liquid yeast or even dry yeast, try pitching a, either a different yeast.
2: Or a yeast starter or, or a, energizer, excuse yeah. Me.
0: Or a yeast energizer, just something to get that that flowing. I yep. mean, all right. So I guess let's let's talk about different types of yeast for different things here. Uh, when when you're choosing a yeast, it's it's really important to pair the yeast with the beer that you're trying to make.
2: Correct. Yep. Um, because each yeast is different. The way uh, they would classify the differences is by the. Off flavors, which is a very general and not a negative term in this in this aspect, um, because any one yeast will just create a host of different flavors.
0: Yeah, different uh, flavor and ester profiles. Yeah, I exactly. guess ester is a better term than off flavor. Sure. Just, it just sounds better. So yeah, like a
1: pale ale versus like a Hefeweizen? Like a, well, or... I, I,
0: I get, yeah, um, a Hefeweizen yeast, a Belgian yeast, and okay. like looking at like an American. Uh, ale strain, yeah. And your your American ale strain, it's going to be very clean. It's going to attenuate very well, so it's going to give you a nice dry beer. Um, if you're looking at a Belgian, it's going to give you those those floor like uh, the spice flavors. Okay. Like if, if you've ever tasted a Belgian pale ale or a Belgian mm-hmm. IPA, yep, Belgian anything, really. Yeah, well, Belgian anything, but I I guess if if I'm trying to I. I'm trying to like describe the different yeast. It's it's hard, but Belgian anything you get very specific flavors from a Belgian. Like a blind taste test, you taste an American pale ale and then a Belgian anything, you can tell immediately which one's the Belgian.
2: Yep. Immediately, uh, all you'd have to do is do it once, and you will know for the rest of your life without mistake. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I guess the short version is: is a yeast will do different things with the same input. You get you get a different output. And it's the output that uh, changes their classification uh, to say that uh, if you get this sort of output, it matches this style of beer better. So they give it that kind of name and classification, and that's the only kind of style of beer that you would want to make with that yeast.
0: Well, and that same yeast will do different things at different temperatures. So it's important to do a little bit of research on your yeast before you use it. Like, you don't want to take an ale yeast or i mean a lager yeast and ferment it at you know 70 degrees unless you're looking for that unless you're using like a california lager yeast
2: cuz that a very okay. very small exception to what he's talking a about.
0: A very small exception, but otherwise like you're going to get diacetyl and all these other flavors that you just don't want. It's going to be okay. it it's just not going to be what you're looking for.
2: It would be like um tasting dark malts in a pale ale. They just don't go there. Yeah. You start doing that, you're going to get a beer with um, no coherence of quality and flavor, and you're not going to like it.
0: Yeah. Well, and one one of the uh, one of the projects I'm going to do in the near future. Oh shit! Uh. <coughs> wow, that wasn't fun. <laughs> Darn sneezing. All right. One, one of the projects I'm going to do in the next couple of batches of beer that I brew is I'm gonna I'm gonna do a ten gallon batch and i'm going to split it and i'm going to pitch yeast a into one and yeast b into the other and then i i think that's going to be a really good way to be like all right so this is what this yeast tastes like and this is what and i believe i'm going to end up with two completely different beers ideally yep yeah uh,
2: so is it going to be like a what's the grain bill going to look like
0: i i haven't quite decided yet i'll probably go with just a simple pale
2: ale I, grain bill i would personally just go straight like Pilsner, 2 real pale. You you think just just a smash? Yeah, I mean because like get the least uh, least contributive malt bill you can, and so that literally the only thing that there is to taste is the yeast.
0: Yeah, that that makes actually what I might do it's is do DME. Well, what what I might do is do a do a pale ale, um, just just my standard pale ale recipe. And then pitch a English yeast strain in one and an American in the other. Just because that – I mean that I, – I like the – I like to see the differences between the
2: two. You could even go as far as getting a five one-gallons and do five different yeasts.
0: Seems like a lot of work. Eh, for not mean. enough beer. <laughs> That that's that's my problem with 1 gallons is I just don't get enough beer. Like if I do two 5 gallon batches, I have enough where we can do a few tastings and one is awesome and one is terrible
2: or they're both awesome yep. or? or both terrible.
0: That's never happening. <laughs> Either way, you have a lot of beer. Exactly, <laughs> a lot of ah. beer, a lot of beer. And if they're both terrible, you just give them
2: to the neighbors, right? Well, I mean, I guess the exactly. the the point behind the one gallon idea would be, uh, you make Ye- the I five gallon beer, and then it would literally be the same beer with, with five one, different yeasts. with five different yeasts.
0: Yeah. Uh, I completely well, not completely off topic, but the uh, White Labs, one of the big liquid yeast places uh, in San Diego california they they recently uh this past year opened up a tasting room uh on their premises and the only thing they do is they they do that they they make a batch of beer and they split it and they pitch different yeast in it and then when you go you you get a flight and they give you a list of which yeast went into which wort and they just give you a flight of the same beer with different yeast pitched into it Which I
2: think would be awesome. That would be unbelievably cool. Yeah, so
0: San Diego, go there and drink all that beer. Enjoy all that yeast. One day. All that sacrifice (laughs) yeast. All right, uh, do you guys have any questions on yeast at all? I mean, Miles and I are rambling. I do not have any questions on yeast. Do Do you know all you need to know about yeast? I know everything about yeast now. Everything, Okay. Fuck yeast.
1: (laughs) All right. All right, Pete, I I know you have a
0: question about (laughs) yeast. Come on. Come on.
1: I don't know about yeast. I probably do. I mean, if we were here, you know, brewing, I'd pick up the bag and I'd be like, huh, what does this number mean? Or like, what does this mean? Like, as opposed to this.
0: How many loaves of bread
1: can I make with this?
2: You can't.
0: You can't make any bread with brewing yeast. Okay, I've heard people use bread yeast for ciders, and it works. No, it it, it just will it, like it will bread. work. It'll just taste terrible. Okay. When when homebrewing start or like regained popularity in the seventies, they didn't have access to like the yeast that we have now, and this is part of the way dry yeast got its terrible name like dry dry brewing yeast because people started using bread yeast and then they came out with shit beer with dry, well they, terrible beer uh, and then they made dry brewer's yeast and it wasn't very good it was it just didn't taste good it was it was, it was basically just modified bread yeast mm. when you get down to it um, and then like as as time went on we pulled out the we figured out what yeast we need to make good beer we pulled them out and we start started refining them
2: yeah pretty much Hmm. you know in these days there's nothing wrong with using a dry yeast you just have to use it right
0: yeah and there's so many there's so many different kinds
2: of dry yeast i'm trying to think at the store we offer like probably close to 12 to 14 different kinds yeah
0: well and it's really easy for somebody to like for somebody like divine to keep dry yeast on hand because it doesn't go bad but you gotta keep it cool not even. Don't you have to keep it a little bit cool? Well, you you want to. It, it helps yeah, keep it, it cool. Well, but... what, it,
2: what it would do is it would extend the life of the stuff for, from like three years to five years or something yeah. like that. You hmm. know, where even the slowest selling store will sell their yeast within three years.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, liquid yeast, when you're looking at liquid yeast, like when you're shopping for liquid yeast, always look at the date, on that yeast packet. Yeah. And if it's over a month old, just go get it somewhere else. Yeah. You don't want old liquid yeast.
2: Just because those without, cells it,
0: are going to be less viable. Without and,
2: doing a starter first. Yeah.
0: Well, mm. even then, like, you're taking a little bit of a gamble. Even with your starter, you, like, the more viable your yeast is, the better. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I mean, because, I mean, yeast is not the cheapest thing in the world.
1: It's. Well, considering the amount of beer you get out of it, like you put one pack and five gallons, how much is one? Pack?
0: Well, if if you're if you're uh, pitching Smack packs, I recommend two per five gallons. That's that's
2: like, just a good. we never rate. really had a problem with only doing one. No, like, then like again, we would do a starter. Yeah, or we knew it was small enough where it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Like if, if if you're not eight. doing a starter. Two smack packs for five gallons at least. Yeah, And uh, usually the prices you're looking at is for dry yeast, somewhere between $1 and $4. For liquid yeast smack packs, aren't they like six or seven?
0: Yeah, and And vials are six or seven as
2: well. Yeah, they're right around the same. Yeah, you're looking at six to seven,
0: which, I mean, isn't, isn't terrible. But looking at like by ingredient cost, it's your single most expensive ingredient.
2: Yeah, yep. Because it's the one thing that's guaranteed to going to cost you somewhere between 6 and $14 every time. Yep. Every time.
0: Every time. Unless you wash your yeast.
2: Yay.
0: I, I guess we could touch on that. We could touch on yeast. Why, why not? Like I, I've heard rest.
2: this term before. I, how do you do that? Okay. Well, I I, have you, you, have, have it you done it? uh once. Once? Just sec- I thought you knew everything there was to know about yeast, Carlos. Oh, no. I guess I <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, Carlos is excited, so we got to talk about washing yeast. Right. I, I haven't done it, but I've researched the shit out of it. I, I have, too. And the, the only reason I haven't done it is I don't trust my sanitation.
2: <laughs> it's not just that, but at the end of a brew day, sometimes you can just get incredibly fucking And you just like,
0: fuck it. I'm done. Yeah. Well, and it's not even at the, you don't even have to do it at the end of a brew day.
2: Well, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, after fermentation, but just in general. All right.
0: So, what, we're t- what we talk about when we're talking about washing our yeast is we're taking yeast from batch A of beer that we just brewed and putting it into batch C. So, what we'll take- Whether
2: directly or- Indirectly. Indirectly.
0: So, I mean, there's a few ways of doing it. Like, the one way is when you take your or when you uh rack off of the yeast cake at the bottom mm-hmm. for bottling or kegging um a lot of us just dump that down the drain or oh. in the
2: trash or something probably but you, close to 95 or more percent. yes
0: but what you can do is a lot of that is still viable yeast and so there there's a few processes that you can do and you can store that for like up to two weeks in like mason jars and stuff mm-hmm. and pitch it into uh Ne- your next batch of beer after you like you pull out all the sediment and stuff there's
2: yeah there it's an iterative process yeah so, but
0: like doing that does that uh change like how the yeast makes the next beer then it, it it well it it depends like if you're doing pale ale to pale ale that yeast will become more efficient for each hmm. um generation until it like, you can do it for, you know...
2: Somewhere between, like, 8 and 14. 8 I've and heard.
0: 14, before that yeast, like, mutates to the point where it just isn't doing its job anymore. Yeah. So, a lot of, this is what a lot of breweries do.
2: Then, uh, the, the other thing to consider is if you're mixing yeast varieties, which happens a lot, especially if you're doing sour and wild ales... Um, you're really only good for about two batches, maybe, maybe three. Yeah. Maybe three. Because then what happens is you have one yeast uh, take over the other, and then your ratios are just
0: horrible. Well, if, 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 if you're off. doing sours, a lot of people will just pitch fresh yeast at each time.
2: Yeah. Yep. But um,
0: just because, we uh, well, especially gotta- if, you're, if you're mixing yeast at all, and like you want these, extri- like, Ratios of like a third of this yeast and three-quarter or like and the, the two-thirds this. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the one that's more is going to kill off the rest of the yeast.
2: Yeah. Well, not necessarily kill off. It'll just prevent it from uh, reproducing. And so, immediately speaking, as soon as you go to that second one, the ratios are going to be dramatically changed. And your flavor profile is going to change. And therefore, your flavor profile, and you're not going to be making the same beer anymore. Yeah. So, this would be a solo yeast. Um, Experience which
0: I mean, if, if you're making a lot of American pale ales, IPA stuff like that, and you're using American ale yeast a lot, I highly recommend washing your yeast. It's gonna save you lots, uh, a and, lot lots
2: and of time, lots of money and too. money.
0: Like, it's just yeah, for, you, you don't have to worry about
2: for, buying new yeast. For example, if you were to just use one slap pack for a recipe and then wash it the minimum number of times, it would save you close to $60 or more. Yep. 60. That's an entire brand new recipe, an expensive one.
0: Yeah. Uh at the same time, you're spending a lot of time washing this yeast. So I've, I'm curious like when you do that uh you take the yeast and and you wash it. Like after like all the yeast that grew up uh, do you have, like, more yeast than you started? You do. I mean, yeah. you could end up splitting this into, like, <laughs> so Multivages. you could take, yeah, so you take uh, the yeast from one batch and split it into two, and then those two, and you can probably split those into two more, so you have four, and so at the end, you have, you know, like 16 different jars of yeast that you can pitch. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it could, in, in theory, save you a lot more if you're brewing a shit ton.
2: Yeah. That would be like... Which is a
1: very scientific term. It's funny that it you say shit ton because when I was at AT, I compiled a list. Of, <laughs> like people were saying like, a fuck ton of these or a shitload of these or like a fucking shitload of these. I had like a list of like the exact amount of which...
0: Of <laughs> how many has. goes into each? So
1: when you say shit ton, I'm like, oh, okay. About this much. So okay. wait, how many fuck tons go into a shit ton? How many fuck tons going fuck to a tons shit hurt. ton, or, or... how many shit tons going to a fuck ton? Yeah, yeah. I don't have the paper in front of me. <laughs> I'd have to look at
0: it. All right. It, well,
1: no, I, 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 I'm going to
0: get this information lot. from Pete, and we're going to post it on our blog, guys. Is it a racist? How many important. shit tons
2: in a fuck load? <laughs> um, two. <laughs> two. Is that an educated guess, or are you just
1: making shit up? Well, based on my list that I made off the top of my head, I think it's two. <laughs> All right. Um, Carlos, do you have any questions about washing yeast? I do not. No.
0: Pete, no, no. All right, uh, th- I, I think we gave a decent overview of yeast. Uh, uh, if if you guys have any questions, please let us know, if, and if we'll if try I to just answer toss them. Toss it out there real yeah.
2: quick. We didn't talk about the difference between ale and lager. Let's do that. Top fermenting and bottom fermenting yeast. Go for it. Oh, uh, you brought it up. Go for it. Ah, uh, all right. Well, um, if you are going to categorize all of beer yeast into two groups you would have ale and lager and as far as the new the new people are concerned all that means is uh, ale yeast is going to be fermented around 70, 70 degrees for a couple of weeks if it's lager uh, you're going to be looking at a different temperature schedule for at least three months
0: that's not necessarily true but that's for a different episode I found yes. a way to lager in under a month and create a serviceable logger that is comparable to one that you loggered. All
2: right, then let's just service the term hmm. traditionally. <laughs>
1: Breaking boundaries here, not cool.
0: Yep. Well, for home <laughs> brewers who want to turn over stuff, or actually, this one's more for pref- professional brewers who want to clear that fermentation tank in you know under a month. Because I mean. That's why a lot of a lot of like new breweries don't do loggers is because they're they're holding up that bright tank or fermentation tank for months, months instead months. of just a week or two weeks.
2: It's like you can make uh, one logger or three ales.
0: Yeah, and when you're looking at all right, in some states, you you uh, bars can float the kegs, so they don't have to pay you for this beer until the end of the month. Yeah. And so like you're floating all of this you're like all right I need to get as much beer out as possible
2: yeah. in order to just make rent. So basically the idea at that point is you're selling the product to make the payments for stuff you already bought. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: But I mean it, it would sell it would sell generally quick I think loggers do. If people see a logger up on a board they're <sighs> like yeah, well,
0: it's, it's it's not how fast it sounds; it's how long it's. So you make one batch of beer versus three.
1: Well, right. I mean, the amount of time brewing it, but I mean, the amount of time selling a beer that you got sitting in a keg, you're going to keep that on tap for a while, right? A beer. Yeah, that, but
2: the problem is, is it's still only a third of the amount of beer.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, and, unless, and you can't you can't charge three times the price.
2: Yeah, unless you do, right. then you're you're talking about a price cut by comparison. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why. So I mean. The,
0: uh, some mean, breweries it, it, will do seasonals as lagers yeah, because then they only have to do it for a quarter of the year.
2: And if you look at uh, look at it demographically, outside of Miller Coors and Anbev, like ninety five percent of the market is actually ales as yep. opposed to lagers. It is overwhelming. Well,
0: and ale. if you can do a if you can do a really good cream ale, it you get the lager flavor for an ale. Like uh, you can get you can get that crispness in a cream ale that mm-hmm. you that you are looking for. Yep. So.
2: And then, uh, just for those who who still have a question about why are these different, uh, it's just the way you treat them. They're technically different strains of bacteria that are also that's also applicable in the beer world you know, for turning sugar into carbon dioxide and alcohol. And then for the particular profile of flavor that you go for, uh, treating them with long-term cold fermentation, as opposed to shorter term, warmer fermentation, you get the, I mean, you maximize what it has to offer you. And in this case, it's going to be like your, uh, Bud Light, which is very crisp, light, and refreshing quote unquote. Sure. Sure <laughs> yeah. There was nothing
1: in those quotations Well cri-
2: crisp and
0: lo- Crisp I'll give you Yeah um, Like all lagers are going to give you that crisp lager flavor Yeah um, The light and refreshing That well, really depends on your malt bill and everything else
2: Yeah but I mean for Cuz I most mean a
0: Doppelbock is not light and yeah. refreshing.
2: For the most part that is typically how lagers are used. Yeah. Outside of the multi ones again that would be another another episode.
0: <laughs> another episode which is perfect because all we have are episodes to record. Nice. All right, um I I guess let's Move. see. I I think that's about done. If you guys have any questions on yeast on yeast or any brewing things in general please drop us an email or message us on Facebook or Tumblr or call us or find us and track us down at That's at Divine or something I don't know just find
2: us it's important ideally if you've heard this episode you've heard them all
0: Exact. well no if you haven't heard them all go back and listen to them skip the first three first three first the first three episodes we're, we were trying to figure out what we were doing It wasn't right. so good i'm excited i want to hear what this uh, big news was all right well first the first announcement we have carlos you're gonna love oh, yeah. tabletop is back oh yeah really yeah tabletop is back and miles was in on this one carlos ran it carlos tell us a little bit about the story that you ran well it involved a city that we covered in the first one called dirge and we went back to dirge and uh we saw what happens what rule set were we using we were running pathfinder cool. And what, what's what's this series called? Uh, I don't remember what I called this one. You don't? <laughs> I think It's, I was like, it's the it's fall really... of the Magi Tower. It's really yeah, good though. It. He's <laughs> oh. really good. Actually, it's fantastic. We had a lot of fun and that fucking goblin. I hate that guy I so loved much. him. That, that was goblin was goblin. a dick. Such a dude. I know, he was great. I hated him so much. All right, uh, we are ru- here. Here's here's the big thing. Uh, right. We're we are running a photo contest from August 11th through August 31st for a chance to win a copy of Seth Mouse's new book, The Darkest Heart: The Void in the Flame. It's the second in the trilogy. If you read the first one, awesome. If you haven't, go get that. Read it. It's amazing. Uh, Seth is going to be on the thirty-first, and we're going to figure out the winner then. Uh, to enter, submit a photo of you posing with your favorite book, reading your favorite book. I don't know, just interesting pose with your favorite book. I don't care what you're doing with your favorite book. No porn. <laughs> on our Facebook page or Tumblr with the uh, with have- the hashtag #VoidAndFlame. You have to ruin everything. I know it's terrible. Well, I guess we'll allow tits, no dicks. Just Good. saying. <laughs> Good. Alright yeah Hashtag Void and Flame On our Facebook and Tumblr And we'll uh, look And during the episode We will choose a favorite So go ahead and enter that guys Where are the banjos? Uh, this is the outro music There is no banjos Question of the week for next week Is the same as it was two weeks ago Because I read the put us on Facebook Like a pussy I suck at my job uh, What is the worst superpower? Absolute worst superpower That you could have Aquaman. Aquaman's got some pretty awesome powers, though. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it sucks. So, yeah. Answer that. I'll post it on the Facebook and things. If you have any feedback on this episode or any other any other episodes or just questions you want to ask us, send us an email at feedback at or go ahead and send us a message on the Facebook at facebook.com slash studios or direct message us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. I think that's it. You guys have anything else? No. Anything else you want to add? No, I don't. All right. So. All right. Cool. Beeler. Later, people. Beeler.